0: Welcome to episode seven of Babe and Brilliant. I'm Cintilla Chingayipay. Sarah Roberts is one of those rare quadruple threats and a name to watch. She's an actress, singer, dancer, and DJ. And she wears all these hats with the same enthusiasm and passion. She's worked in film, television, and theater, both in Australia and overseas with recent credits including the feature film Felony opposite Joel Edgerton, Tom Wilkinson, Jai Courtney and Melissa George. Sarah also performs in a DJ duo called Vamp, which plays at venues and festivals around the world. I first met Sarah during a red carpet event and was blown away by her talent, grace and stunning looks, which she credits her Sri Lankan and Aussie heritage to. I caught up with her in the Melbourne beachside suburb of St Kilda for a chat over coffee. And I began by asking her, just who is Sarah Roberts? Have a listen.
1: Well, I guess if you define me by my job, I'm a quadruple threat. Um, I'm an actress and a DJ and a singer and a dancer. I have a great boyfriend who I love. I have awesome family who are super supportive and I have great friends. Um, Yeah, I guess that's me changes
0: all the time, doesn't it? <laughs> Alright, so starting with the quadruple Sarah, <laughs> um, one of the many hats that you wear is acting. You're an actress. First of all, how did you get into it? Um, my mum started me off in
1: acting, like she did with dancing when I was young. I wanted to be like Natalie and Brulia <laughs> from <laughs> Neighbours. Um, so I started off at the National Theatre in St Kilda, just down the road. Um, and yeah, I did youth drama classes there and I think I had a couple of like small stints on neighbours and then I auditioned for Tokyo Disneyland. I actually learnt Japanese for seven years at school so I had an obsession with Japan. I auditioned a couple of times for that and um and finally landed a contract after like three times of auditioning. Um, and went over and did three contracts. So I did three years on and off back to back over there playing Princess Jasmine and Pocahontas. Yeah, in Japan. And um, then I guess dancing sort of took over. And then only just recently, maybe the last four years, four or five years, I've gotten back into serious acting again, really wanting to be an actress. Yeah.
0: And so what sort of... um you know, what sort of acting do you, do you, do you want to do? Like I've, I know you've done drama. Yeah. Is that sort of something that you're wanting to pursue more of?
1: Yeah, I mean, gritty roles that I can sink my teeth in and, and I'm really drawn to roles where I have to do a lot of research. Um, that really interests me. I'd also really like to do a, a film or a TV series where I get to use all of like, all of my dancing and singing and DJing perhaps Um, Something like Step Up, I know it sounds lame, but something like that where I get to dance as well. But recently I've also had to audition for a lot of roles where I've had um, to learn different accents or different languages. And that uh, really inspires me. And comedy, I've done a bit of comedy recently. Actually when I went to LA I studied at Groundlings, I did a term there. And um, I loved that. It's nice not having to um, get really upset all the time and delve into all those full-on emotions it's kind of nice to just be light-hearted for a little bit and um, I really enjoyed learning about that like comic timing and is it harder I've heard that comedy is harder than drama For me it's harder because I'm not really experienced at it Um, but I feel like you've just got to throw yourself into it and I think if you've got good teachers then you'll get there yeah, I think it's all about, from what I've learned, it's all about timing and and still committing 100% to the emotions. Um, and that's what makes it
0: funny. Yeah. Do you find that it's, it's easier to, to find the sort of work that you want to do in LA as compared to back here in, in Melbourne, for example?
1: I found there was more work over there that I was inspired to do. Just the TV's just made so well over there. It's almost like film, the way they shoot TV over there. And so many, you know, big stars that are doing films over in LA are doing lots of TV now. And I think for someone that looks like me, it's easier to find roles over there because I have such an ambiguous look. But having said that, there's a lot more talent. Like I walked into rooms over in LA and here I sort of look a bit different. But over in LA, there's (laughs) like a whole room full of people that look like me. Yeah, there's fierce competition, but there's more work, I think, as
0: well. Do you think things like Netflix and how they're making their own series have sort of added more opportunities to the mix for up-and-coming actors as well?
1: Yeah, definitely I think so. I mean, there's, so, there's such a massive platform now for actors. There's just so much, so much work. But then, yeah, as I said, there's so, much, so many talented people as well. Describe the audition process
0: you know because for many people that might be listening to this they're going oh wow sarah that sounds so amazing and yeah. really really fun but like what's it all like how's the audition process when do you, who who calls you who tells you that do you want to go to this
1: well i have an agent i have two agents now i just picked up my agent in america which was exciting so i have an agent here and an agent in the states and i also have a manager in la so so what's the difference <laughs> i'm still trying to get my head around that but a manager um you should take care of like the longevity of your career and you'll have chats about where you want to go, mm-hmm. uh, what you see yourself doing, um, if you have red carpets, you might chat about what you're going to wear, they'll organise a car to pick you up, that sort of stuff. Um, whereas agents are more sort of, um, they just look for jobs for you and, and send you through to castings and things like that, they're, they're less sort of hands-on when it comes to uh, your brand, I guess. So I find, yeah, auditions are different here than they are in LA, especially during pilot season. Um, but I usually get a call, I, will, I get an email from my, from my reps in the States um, with the breakdown, character brief, the script, um, the sides that I have to learn, and um, who the producers are, the director, uh, who else is starring in the project. And they usually just say, if you're interested, please put down a tape and send it back to us. Um, Or if I'm in America, they'll, at the time, they'll say, here's where the casting is at this time. Let us know if you can attend. And then, yeah, you go along to the casting. You learn all your stuff and then you go along and um, you do it. I mean, generally it's in front of a camera, but during pilot season it's always different. I mean, you never really know. Sometimes you walk in and it's just a pre-read and the casting director doesn't even have a camera set up. It's just with them in a small, pokey office, which is kind of, feels a bit strange when you first do them. Um, But generally they have a camera set up and you just do it with the casting director or a reader if they've got one. Um, Yeah, and then if they like you, they'll send your tape off to a producer and if the producer likes you, then they'll probably get you in for a call back. Um, Is it a stressful process? I find it stressful, but I'm quite a nervous person. It should be fun, (laughs) but I guess that you're going after jobs that you want so it's like i was thinking the other day it's like i guess people that aren't actors people that have nine to five jobs they go for an interview maybe i don't know once or twice a year to get a new job um but we're constantly going to these interviews which are like our auditions um you know potentially every day or three times a week and it's i guess it's scary because you want you want the job and you're putting all your um you're putting yourself on the line you're like opening up and being vulnerable in front of these people that you don't really know and you know i think once you get rid of wanting them to like you then it's way easier and so much less stressful
0: i think i was reading something a while back i can't remember which director said this and they were talking about how you know sometimes they already know what the sort of person that they want yeah. and when that person walks through the door that's it they've kind of already figured it out and it's it's it's, it's such a weird yeah. but frustrating Isn't
1: it? I mean sometimes you get briefs sent through and they say we're looking for a Jennifer Lawrence type character and you're like well Jennifer Lawrence is Jennifer Lawrence like but then there are other times when you get briefs sent through and you kind of read it and you think well it sounds like they don't know what they're looking for here so you can afford to go in and sort of experiment and take risks and and stuff so I guess it's a catch-22 really it's art at the end of the day so
0: yeah yeah. well you were in a feature film last year felony that was pretty cool what was that experience like it was amazing yeah I loved working with
1: Joel he's just so generous I remember when we were shooting a scene it was you know a scene it was my character's scene basically um and you know they were shooting they were shooting my face but so he wasn't on the camera but he was still giving like 110% even though he wasn't being filmed um so he's just he's just amazing so generous like that um and the character was really cool to play she was a a mother so you mean he was he
0: was acting he was acting yeah the cameras weren't on him at all right, so sometimes yeah.
1: Yeah. Around. Sometimes they'll go back to their trailer and be like, oh, Okay, I'm just gonna, you know, really? have a cup of tea or something really? while you do this and I'll give you a mark to look at or something or or you know, they'll stand there and they'll just, you know, give a little bit but not too much. But he was going flat out for me, which was mm-hmm. really lovely. Yeah, my character was 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 really interesting to play. She was an Indian mother and I think I was twenty eight at the time, so I, well, I, I don't have kids, <laughs> so that was a challenge. My son was eight in the film, and I had an Indian accent, which I hadn't done before on a film. Um, so so how did, did you have to learn? Yeah, I did, actually. I couldn't find a vocal coach in Melbourne that did an Indian accent, and they didn't have one on set. Um, so I actually went down to the uh, Indian restaurant at the end of my street, and, and they helped me out. They said my lines for me, and I practiced with them, and um just did a lot of repetition i i recorded them on my iphone so that was you know, that was a really challenging role and you know she was upset a lot of the time her son had been hit in a hit and run accident so yeah she was miserable um so it was challenging having to find that emotion every day on set and
0: you know doing the research for that role last time we spoke you talked about this really cool thing that you do this routine that you have to train and, cause you, you're talking about nine to five yes. and you said most people have a nine to five and you don't have that structure but you've created that structure.
1: Oh yeah, I've sort of dropped off that a little bit. I think, I think only because I got back from Bali yesterday so I gave myself a minute to relax. Yeah, I mean most people have their nine to five structure and I feel like you can get a bit lost being an artist. So I decided to do my own work from nine to five I find it's quite hard to switch off as well um, before and after those times. So um, you know I do stuff like um, Julia Cameron's um, The Artist's Way and do morning pages and um, read scripts and when I'm rehearsing for an audition or something make sure I do it between nine and to five. But yeah having said that I sort of been a bit um I think when I got back from pilot season, I really got slammed with a lot of auditions and um, I found it hard to just stick to the nine to five thing. So I was kind of maybe working till midnight. (laughs) My boyfriend wasn't too happy with that (laughs) because I don't really have a study at home. So I'm just sort of working in the bedroom. Yeah, I do find it hard to sort of switch off characters um, and stop working and sort of always working, um, which is something I have probably got to learn learn to sort out. What about your other hat, your DJing hat? Mm -hmm. How did you get into that? Well, I'm a singer as well. So I was singing in clubs with my best friend and we'd go in and with our backing tracks and the DJs wouldn't really mix the music how we wanted them to mix it. So we thought, oh, maybe we should just start DJing ourselves. So we went to DJ school and we learnt off a couple of friends that were DJs and we used to dance in the clubs too. So we'd go out in our breaks and learn off the DJs. And then I think probably because we dance and sung in clubs, uh, we sort of knew a lot of people. So we just kind of got around that we'd started DJing and then they started employing us as, as DJs, which was
0: really cool. Do you enjoy it? I'm assuming you do.
1: Yeah, I do. I love it so much. I mean, there are some gigs that are better than others. I don't really enjoy playing at weddings only because it's not, not really music that I enjoy listening to. A lot of people ask for, you know, the classics like 80s or sort of bogan stuff. Yeah, (laughs) yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, weddings are really nice to be at. I always cry during the speeches even though I don't know know the couples. Um, But I, I like playing. I play a lot of lounge background house at the moment and I really like that. I mean, there's no pressure to build a dance floor. And I really like listening to that music and it's just relaxed. You know, I have a couple of cocktails and listen to music that I like listening to. Um, And then I also DJ with my best friend. We're called Vamp when we do that. And that's really fun when we get to do that because we get to share it together and we've done some really cool gigs. Um, You know, we gigged in Shanghai, I think it was last year, and we're going to have a couple of gigs in America when we go over at the end of this year. So that's really fun. And when we get to sing at the same time, that's fun too.
0: I just want to go back to something that you said um, about, some of the roles that you've done in the past and the roles that are more in America and the ones that are less here. I wanted to know, do you find that you a pigeonholed with some of the characters that you have to play?
1: I get really excited when I get a character breathe through that's not a specific nationality, especially here. It's really nice to be able to just play an Australian. But in America, I think they actually have a quota to fill on their TV shows and, and films. Um... With ethnic diversity. Over there, I don't find it so bad. But here, I mean, I've had a lot of auditions for Indian characters
0: and stuff like that. I think I saw you in something, it was like a comedy skit, and you were playing a Mexican. Oh, <laughs> <yes>. <laughs> I was like, what's oh, Sarah doing? <laughs> yeah, I
1: played so many different nationalities. <laughs> um, at least, I'd, you know, I didn't have to have a Spanish accent or anything like that. But yeah, that, I mean, that was just a silly little thing for Peter Hellyer, for his show. That was actually quite fun. But, yeah, I mean, as I said, I've I've um, been able to learn lots of different languages and uh, lots of different accents, which is, you know, awesome. And when, when I was younger, I didn't really like being the way I was, I guess, with, you know, my colouring and stuff. I thought it would be a problem. But now that I'm older, I kind of think it's a really big advantage. Yeah, because especially this pilot season in
0: America, there was so many roles
1: for ethnic-looking people.
0: Do you think we'll ever get to a point where when characters are written, they're written because they're women or they're women at a particular point in their lives and it's less to do with how they look exactly. Because obviously our experiences, regardless of your racial background, yeah. tend to sometimes be the same, really.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think there are roles like that, like, like still Alice. I mean, it probably wouldn't have mattered what nationality she was. It didn't have anything in there to do with race. But that was just some time in her life where she was losing her memory. Um, I think there are definitely stronger uh, roles coming through now for women. Definitely, definitely. And yeah, I think eventually perhaps we'll reach a point where it doesn't really matter. But at the same time, I kind of find it interesting um, because it allows other people to learn about, you know, different cultures and things like that. And I mean, I guess that's what film, film's all about and, you know, TV should be about. It's, you know, it's a, a slice of life of someone else's, someone else's life so you can have a, you know, little peek into what's going on. I saw Entourage. Oh. Yeah, have you seen it yet? No. I just, it would be really exciting when, I mean, I think it's getting better, but when women aren't so objectified. Yeah, I just sort of feel like, I mean, in Entourage, it would, there are a lot of women with boobs out and... Blah 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 blah. So Yeah, talking when we started speaking about that women you know, women in film, that would be really nice when it when there becomes a time when it's not.
0: No, I think that film was written by men.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Which makes sense.
0: <laughs> yeah. But um but no, you're right, you're right. It would be great to watch films like um more films like? What's the one that's got Channing Tatum that's coming oh, Magic out?
1: Magic Mike. Yeah, that's see? That's we'll need more of there should be more films where men are stripping and men are naked. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, I mean, having said that, there, is, there, is a lot of, there are a lot of powerful women on screen that are still sexy and showing their bods off and stuff like that.
0: What else k- keeps you excited about life?
1: Well, I have a great group of friends um, especially since I've been, you know, to America and back. I feel like I have, oh, at the moment I have friends all around the world, actually. It's really hard to keep in touch with them all. I have a really good friend in, I'm pretty sure she's still in London, but she could be travelling around France or something at the moment. <laughs> and I have, you know, a really good group of girlfriends in America. One's travelling in Colombia at the moment. Yeah, and a really good group of girlfriends here too. So, yeah, my girlfriends really
0: excite me as well. And how important is that having a group of girls that you can call on whenever?
1: <laughs> oh, I think it's so important. I mean, it's so helpful now these days. I sound like an old grandma these days, but having Skype and FaceTime and stuff like that, it makes it so
0: easy to stay in touch. But it's sometimes hard though, you know, when, when things are happening to neglect friendships. <laughs> it is hard, but I try to stay
1: You know, loyal to my friends and try to keep in touch with them because, otherwise, you'll get to the to the end of the day, or you know, you'll wrap on a film and you won't have anyone to share it with, and that's kind of a depressing thought. Um, Same with family as well, but um, they're very patient, you know, friends and family in this industry because you're always constantly working and you know your thoughts are elsewhere because you're thinking about different characters or whatever. So I think if you have a good bunch of friends that are really loyal, then, yeah, it makes things a lot easier.
0: So you big on celebrating? Are you big on celebrating your life and the victories? Yeah,
1: of course. I actually encourage my boyfriend to do that more because I feel like he doesn't celebrate enough. But, yeah, I celebrate tiny things. Even after, like, auditions and things like that, I always, before an audition, I always ask myself, okay, what do I want um, as a reward after this for, you know for working so hard and blah 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 and generally it's like you know a massage or a glass of champagne or something like that i think it's really important to reward yourself because otherwise you sort of
0: burn out so do you have like a routine like something that you do almost religiously not necessarily and if you don't you sort of find that your day or your week is a little bit out of whack
1: (laughs) i have this stupid stretch that i do in the morning (laughs) when i wake up just a bit of yoga uh what else? I used to write morning pages, um that's in Julia Cameron's Artist Way book. I haven't done that for a while though. I should I should probably get into starting to write again. I actually really miss writing. Um I've started doing Reiki as well lately, which has been really interesting. The first time I got it done it really whacked me around, but the second time it was really nice and cleansing. Besides that, I don't think there are any other rituals that I really
0: have. You t- you've talked about your boyfriend um, a couple of times. Tell us about the joys of being in what sounds like a wonderful relationship.
1: <laughs> um, well, I we've been in this relationship for seven and a half years, so there's you know there's been ups and downs. But I think when you date someone for that long, or well, it's my longest relationship, you sort of you become best friends and you sort of know each other inside out. Oh, but having said that, there's still more things that you sort of Learn about each other, which, ma- which makes things interesting. But you're just both sort of supportive
0: of each other, and yeah, he's really good. He's really supportive. I want to go back to something you said uh, in a previous conversation we've had, and it was about I wouldn't quite say spirituality, but you were talking about how important it was to um, have you know positive positive people, positive a positive way of thinking, a positive way of looking at life. Do you mind elaborating on that? well
1: i think it's i mean this industry is hard enough so i think if you have a negative outlook on everything then it's gonna make it way harder i do believe in you know manifesting and stuff like that at the same time you know when i got the call telling me that i that i'd landed a felony i was like crying and thought i was the worst actress ever and that i just bombed that audition so <laughs> i mean that doesn't really line up with manifesting but i think if you think about something So much, then I think eventually it's bound to happen because all of everything will align with those thoughts. I mean, this probably sounds lame as well, but you know, the universe will just sort of move into alignment with that, and um, everything you do will sort of work towards that if if that's what you're thinking about and that's what you want. I do believe in that.
0: I think Paolo Coelho talks about it a fair bit in The Alchemist about conspiring to. um, but manif- manifesting is such an interesting thing because after The Secret, you know, a lot of people were thinking yeah. that you could just sit and, sit on your yeah, and then just kind of go, I want a Ferrari and then it shows up in your in your garage. But obviously it's very different, right? Yeah. Do you think that it, the intention plays a part as well as in what the an outcome of what you want to achieve um, is? D- do you think that plays a part in? I think you have to
1: just be um,
0: determined
1: as well and motivated like you said you can't just want to be an actress and just sit there and wait for the phone to ring and just think it's going to happen you have to you know go out there and make it happen and try to take it into your own hands as hard as it may be but i think adding you know positivity with motivation uh i think that can go places
0: mm. so do you have a life philosophy? <laughs>
1: uh, it changes all the time i guess at the moment, I think I'm just sort of trying to be kind to myself, yeah. Because I think a lot of the time, I'm really hard on myself, you know. And I'm just trying to think of all of this as a growing experience, and you know, every single audition I do, I'm growing from, and I have to be getting better. I can't be getting worse. What I really learnt, actually, being in America was that friends and family are really important, and you can't forget about them, and that you need to also have a balance between living and working so you have to make sure you're still living and not neglecting people and other things and like i kept thinking oh when i land this role then i'll go traveling or whatever but it might not happen or you know it might happen when you're 40 or something then it'll be too late i really feel like you have to like just Cease the moment. That sounded lame as well, but you know, just really go after things and, and
0: live as well. To find out more about Sarah and catch more episodes of Babe and Brilliant, simply visit www.wearegrio.com. That's W E A R E G R I O T.com.